When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forgive Me, Season 3, Episode 8, Free David. I'm so happy you were able to join us. With such perfect timing, too. I'm just getting the grill fired up. You prefer a burger or a dog? Thank you both for inviting me. A hot dog would be great. You've got it. Coming right up. Can I grab you a drink, Ben? I was just about to crack open a beer myself. Another one? Really? We just got here half an hour ago. Come on, let your wife live a little, Jacob. Besides, I seem to remember you saying you'd DD tonight anyway. I did say that, didn't I? I can already tell I'm going to like this one. Uh, beer sounds perfect, Lizzie. I'll take whatever's cold. That's my guy. <sighs> hey, while you're over there, can you grab me one too? Hello. Hi, I bet. Yeah. Tom and Emily couldn't make it? No, no, they called ahead and let me know they'd just be running a little late. Said something about having trouble getting David ready? I didn't know they had children. Oh my god, David's coming? Oh, this is great. I'm so excited we'll have a friend for Archie. David's not their son. Oh, are they babysitting? <laughs> no, no. David's their pet pig. <laughs> that makes more sense. But don't you worry one bit. I'm sure he'll be a wonderful friend to Archie. He's just the sweetest, funniest boy I've ever met. Yeah, honey, my bad. I forgot to mention to you I told them they could bring their pig. Oh, the more the merrier. And it'll be good to see what it's like for an animal on this property of ours. Speaking of, this is a beautiful parcel of land you've got here. How many acres did you say it was? Fifty. And we still haven't had a chance to explore all of them just yet. I was hoping, once we've had our fill and Tom, Emily, and David got here, we could maybe take a tour before the sun goes down? That sounds great to me. I think I'll sit this one out if you wouldn't be too offended. I've been on my feet all day. Oh, not at all. You can keep me in Archie company. Uh, I'd love to. Don't get any ideas, honey. I'm not ready to be a stay-at-home dad just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're late. It's been a minute since we've taken David on a field trip. Yeah, the last time he left our yard, I could still pick him up. Now he's the one that can manhandle me. Nonsense. There's no such thing as being late to a barbecue. Especially not when you've graced us with such a special guest. David, we're going to do this together. On three. One, two, 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 two. Two and a half, two and three quarters, David. Thank you. Thank you, David. Okay, all right, this way. Now, this way, David. David, I was so happy to hear you were going to be here. Who's a good boy? Are you wearing a tie? Oh my goodness, you dressed up so smart for us all tonight. 
Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm, I promise he was excited to hang out with all of you, too. Trust me, I'm not offended. I was mostly looking forward to meeting the pig myself. <laughs> Tom, Emily, I'm so glad you were able to make it. Same to you, Father. Please, just call me Ben. I'm taking the night off. Father Clem has been on my case about having some time for myself these days. I wasn't going to say anything, but it's a bit weird to see you without the collar. Right? I was thinking the exact same thing. Elizabeth! What? what? <laughs> Relax, you two. We were all thinking it. <laughs> don't, don't worry. It's weird for me, too. Now who's hungry? The first batch is ready. I think we'd do another shed over here. And this is where I'm planning on putting in our Macintosh crop. Everybody's got their favorite apple pie apple, but in my experience, you just can't beat them. I don't know, man. I've always been a big fan of a good honey crisp. I've got to go with Tom on this one. What? There's no love for a classic red delicious? Tell me you're freaking joking, father. No. They're the first thing that comes to mind when I even think about an apple, let alone pick one up at the grocery store. Red delicious apples taste like what sadness feels like. These guys get it. Hey, be careful over there, bud. If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were buttering up my pig to try to steal him out from under me. Oh, don't you tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this was such a controversial opinion. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up, pal. Only among us true connoisseurs. For the layman, Red Delicious are always going to be the most classic apple there is. You know, I blame cartoons. They really do always make them look so damn perfect, don't they? They do. But once you get an actual bite of one, it's like chewing on a fruit-shaped eraser. <sighs> they certainly sell, though, which is why I'm putting that crop in right here. <laughs> then you've got my business. How do you know so much about apples, anyway? Well, funny enough, I worked at my family cider mill back in Binghamton. That's right, the Double Oak Farm. Father Antonio and I always loved going there the second the leaves began to turn. So you're telling us you left your family's apple farm to start one of your own? There's gotta be a story there. Ooh, is this some kind of Oedipal drama? Oedipal drama, Tom? Really? I'm sure Luke had his reasons, but I doubt it had anything to do with that. <laughs> no, it certainly didn't. I was just pulling his leg. <laughs> it's all right. It isn't a long story. I grew up on the family farm, lived and breathed nothing but apple season for decades. But as I got older, I started to get some funny ideas about what we could do to improve the business. Ideas my dad didn't take incredibly kindly to. Such as? Using the infrastructure we already had to brew and develop our own small batch hard cider recipes. Oh, your dad's an old teetotaler then. You could say that. But that's enough about the past. If you'd all be so kind as to walk with me just a little bit further here, you'll see the real reason we had to buy this property the second we laid eyes on it. Hey, Tom. Yeah? 
Does David know how to fetch? Well, he does, but only when he feels like it. And mostly for Emily. But uh, go ahead, give it a shot. Fetch, David! I'll be damned. That is one fast pig. Who's a good boy? Oh, who's such a good boy? So clever bringing back the stick. Well done, David. Such a good boy. Yes, you are. Ta-da! Wow. Is that St. Pat's I can see? From all the way out here? Yep. This is one of the highest points in the valley. I can see why you picked this place, Luke. Right? I just... (laughs) This is all going to take a ton of hard work. Years of it. Probably even longer with Archie in the picture now, but... I just... I saw this view, and I knew. This is where I have to chase my own destiny. If you ask nicely, I'll bet David I'll help you with some of that work. Is that so? Well, you tell David that if he helps, he can eat his weight in apples once we've grown them. Deal. (laughs) And we'll help too. Isn't that right, Jacob? Tom? Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Honestly, I'd do anything to get me out of the house and away from my (laughs) (laughs) sister-in-law. All right, come on. Let's get back and check on what kind of trouble the girls have gotten themselves into. Precious, beautiful boy in the world, Archie. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're amazing with him. Usually by now, when anyone's holding him except for Luke or me, he's screaming his little head off. <laughs> My mom has always called me the baby whisperer. What a gift. Have either of you thought about having one of your own? Yeah, ever since I was a kid. But it just you know, hasn't been the right time yet. Lord knows I've got my hands full enough as it is, living with Tom and David. And Leslie, what about you? Uh, Yeah, not in the cards for us. We share a house with my sister and her kids, so I get all the baby time I could ever want in the world, and none of the mess. I'm surprised. You'd be such a good mom. Would I, though? I mean, really? I've got so many things I've always wanted to achieve, like writing a trashy romance novel under a ridiculous pen name, or getting super good at ping pong. But having a kid? It's just never been one of them. Because as much as I love hanging out with my nieces and nephews and making them laugh, I just think I'm ultimately too selfish to give that much of my future over to one of these adorable little parasites. Uh, No offense, Archie. (laughs) He can't speak yet, but I'm sure if he could, he would say none taken. Honestly, though, if you'd asked me that question even two years ago, I would have said something very similar. I worked my ass off to get tenure as young as I have. Sure, SUNY Binghamton's no Yale, but still... Teaching at an academic level is all I've ever wanted to do. So what time would I ever find to be a mother? Luckily, though, I found myself a partner who was looking for any reason he could to stay home. So things just kind of worked out. Wait, you teach at Binghamton? Didn't you just move here from there? I mean, why the long move? When Luke and I saw the property, we just fell in love with it right away. We took 
one look at it and just knew we could build something really special here. Oof. The commute doesn't bother you? I hate driving. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, being able to roll out of bed at my alarm and be at the store in under 10 minutes is one of the biggest perks of the job. <laughs> no, I, I kind of like it, to be honest. I'm an early bird anyway, and I'm a big podcast fan, so I use the drives to catch up. Right now, I'm obsessed with this incredibly weird little show about an obituary writer uh, called Death by Dying. Sounds pretty morbid. Yeah, it kind of is, but it's also hilarious. I've been marathoning it nonstop. I have no clue what I'm going to do when I run out of episodes. Have we got a closet emo kid on our hands? (laughs) Look, my favorite bands aren't not Panic at the Disco and My Chemical Romance, okay? Who can blame you for loving the classic? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's just what I call good taste. Ooh, and that is my cue for the end of baby duty. <laughs> oh, hand him over. Mom to the rescue. Aw, little baby Archie made a big baby duty. You'd think I'd be used to cleaning up poop living with a literal barn animal, but changing a diaper. You know, that that's one thing I'm definitely not looking forward to. Honestly, the diapers are the easy part. Sure, it's a bit tough to figure out how to get their little squirming bodies to cooperate at first, but once you get it down to a science, it's a piece of cake. When my nephew was still his age, I could change him in 15 seconds Oof, flat. All the power to you. How old were you at the time? Baby Nikki's... God, he's... Seven now? So I was 17 at the time. Ugh, jealous. I could never get any babysitting gigs at that age. All my friends who did it made the big bucks. Or, you know, whatever the equivalent of the big bucks is when you're 17. I always got stuck bussing tables for pennies at the Ruby Thursdays. <laughs> You'd think, but when the baby you're sitting came out of your broke sister's womb, you've got to do that gig for free and you've got to do it with a smile. Ouch, I didn't think of that. Nah, it's okay. He was always a good little shit. No matter how bad things were, whether it was my boyfriend cheating on me or when I failed pre-calc, Nikki just knew how to make me smile. All he had to do was make one of those adorable faces babies make when they're about to drop a gnarly duke to do it. Where's Janelle? She's good. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Well, seems like all that free labor still did something good for you then. It definitely did. I called it poop camp at the time, since Riley had enlisted that year and just wouldn't shut up about how hard boot camp was. Definitely sounds like your brother. What's he up to these days? He's around. Uh, did a couple of tours overseas before eventually moving back and getting a job at the Hartwick selling dental insurance. He's bored as hell, but the stability, it's good for him. The Marines did a number on him. I'm uh, glad to hear he made it back, okay? Me too. He still talks about you, you know. I've been meaning to reach out. It's just never been quite the right time. I don't know what it is, but pooping tires that boy out. (laughs) 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 What have you got there, bud? Big giant stick? (laughs) He most certainly does. Count Jacob as another person that this big log will go fetch for that isn't me. He did it for Father Ben and I, too. Ugh, don't remind me. What can I say? Your pig's got good taste. He most certainly does. Honey, I know we said no pets until Archie's a little bit older, but... (laughs) We are not getting a pig. But you can train them to be truffle hunters. 
Do you know how much you can charge per gram of those things? Yes, dear. You've lectured me on the apparent value of the fabled northeastern trefle, but I hate to break it to you, they are not native to this region. You can grow them if you plant a row of hazelnut trees, but you can't just adopt a pig and hope you'll find them. <sighs> You're right, honey. I don't know. You'd be pretty surprised by the amazing things this guy can already do without any training. What did I tell you? David tagging along was going to convince all the men here that they need to go home with a new person-sized four-legged friend. I like to think David's one in a million. Yeah, one in a million farts is more like it. Whew, I can attest to that. I'm still trying to forget the bombs he dropped last Thanksgiving. Hey, it's not his fault you keep feeding him so much pepperoni. You know that's murder on his digestive tract. That's incredibly dark. Who are you to judge? We're all disciples of cold culture here. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Gosh, I've lived in this state my whole life and I've never gotten used to how quickly it gets chilly once the sun goes down. You want me to light a fire, babe? Sounds good to me, if it sounds good to everybody else. I think we've got some s'more stuff left over inside, too. You two are far too kind. That sounds delightful. Great. I'll go get it. Is everybody okay? Does anybody need another drink? Nonsense. You've both done too much already. Let me grab the next round. Everybody having one? Sign me up! Yeah, why not? I'll be fine to drive if I just have the one. Uh, that's it for me for the night. It's Tom's turn to let loose. Aw, thanks, honey. But a bottle of water would be great, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, here, Father. L- let me help you. Thank you, Tom. <sighs> There's just something about fire that's so relaxing, isn't there? Yeah. As long as it's controlled, that is. I still can't believe what happened the other day. Right in the middle of the donut festival, too. You thinking about what happened over at the A of A? I wonder if they ever figured out who did that anyway. They haven't, as far as I know. But you know what I say? Good riddance. It's about time that place had a fresh start. From what I've heard, the fire marshal is fairly certain it was an unfortunate grease fire. No foul play. That guy who was shouting at you afterwards, though? He certainly didn't seem to think so. Oh, gosh, don't get me started on that asshole. He's made it his life's mission to figure out what happened to that building. I saw him while I was out walking David the other day, and as we passed his front porch, he looked at us like we'd kicked this dog or something. Yeah, it's like, dude, chill. You know the town's going to rebuild your precious clubhouse, so you'll have to bowl at the alley downtown like the rest of us for a few months. Cry me a river. There's a bit more to that place than that, though. It's been an institution around here for so long. (sighs) Too long, if you ask me. Be careful, Em. It's no secret that you haven't been a fan of the A of A since we were kids, and I don't blame you for that, given their history of bullshit, but you wouldn't want to sound suspicious, would you? Are you accusing my wife of something, Lizzie? Now, now, everybody... It doesn't do anyone any good to point fingers and gossip about something that was, more likely than not, a simple act of God. But, should that not be the case, I'm positive the proper authorities will be able to get to the bottom of it, the Lord willing. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't include a single one of us around this fire, does it? You don't really believe that, though, do you? Excuse me? That they'll find the arson if the Lord wills it? I mean, forgive me if I'm overstepping, but you're among friends here. You don't really believe in all that old man with a giant white beard sitting on a throne in the clouds mumbo-jumbo, do you? Tom! What? (laughs) It's all right, Emily. Your husband's not saying anything I haven't heard before. I genuinely do not mean any disrespect. I just never took you for a biblical literalist. Yeah, I've got to admit, I've known you a lot longer than Tom here, and I never did either. I never said that. But I do have faith in the Lord and his will, yes. I'd be pretty bad at my job if it were otherwise, don't you think? Come on, guys. There's got to be something better for us to talk about here. The father, excuse me, I, I mean Ben, even said it himself when he got here. He's trying to take the night off for once. Nah, Luke, it's okay. I don't mind having the conversation. You really don't have to do anything that makes you uncomfortable, Father. Tom, I would be lying if I told you right now that there's never been a point in my life where I've questioned my faith. Belief is a funny thing that way. Especially when so much of it surrounds an ancient text that some people among us will try and preach as unequivocal fact. But even if we fully removed the scripture from the equation, my relationship with God is the same as it's been since I was a boy attending weekly mass with my mother. I'll never expect any other person on this planet to have the exact same level of devotion as I do, nor do I think that I'm any more or less connected to God than them either. I just know my path because he knows it. And for me, that's enough. What do you believe? I'll admit it. I don't really buy into the whole God thing. I wasn't raised Catholic, and I certainly wouldn't be a part of this community if it weren't for my marriage to Emily. But even with all of that, I can see the value in it. There's good that it's done for the people in my life who fully subscribe to their belief in the Lord. But there's just so much wrong in this world that I can't wrap my head around God allowing to happen, let alone forgive or forget. I just have kind of a hard time grappling with all of that. Mm. I can empathize with you there, Tom. I mean, I was raised Catholic. Went to Mother of Mercy from the time I was born, went through my baptism and confirmation, had my wedding under the same crucifix where my mother and father were married before me. But the more I've moved my way through adulthood, the more books I've read and cultures I've learned about, I've always had to wrestle with this idea of what makes our Bible any more right or true than the rest of them. And why have we had to kill so many people over these last several thousand years arguing about it? When I was a kid back home, there weren't any other options. You went to church on Sundays and sometimes even on Wednesdays too. You spent your time as an altar server and you lit a candle for your loved ones that had passed away and you went to confession if you stole an iron brew bar from the market. I never questioned if any of it was real or true because it was just so ingrained into what life is. And since moving here, as hard as it's been in a lot of ways, the thing that's kept me grounded has been going to St. Pat's with Lizzie and her family. So I guess I just don't really need to know if God is real or not, because the comfort I get from all of you, that's enough for me. That's so 
beautiful, honey. I never knew you felt that way. I don't know. You never asked. I mean, for me, St. Patrick's is just another thing I've inherited from my folks without ever wondering if it was actually for me. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I love being a part of this community, too. And God knows what the hell else there would be to do in a town this small on Sundays without it. But if I'm fully 100% honest with myself for a moment and with all of you, I probably wouldn't keep going if I weren't so fucking terrified of disappointing my parents all the time. I mean, really and truly, Sundays for me should be for drinking beer, eating greasy snacks, and watching football. Uh, No offense, Father. (laughs) None taken, I promise. I mean, if you really want to go there, I guess I'm in the same boat as you. I go to church because that's just what you did in my family. But when I went away to college for the first time, I I flirted with the idea of being an atheist. I got drunk on Saturdays playing wizard staff at parties with my friends, and I slept in as late as I could on Sundays as a way to rebel against my overbearing dad. But after a few months, I realized something was feeling wrong. And when I eventually found my way over to the small services they held on our campus, it was apparent what I'd been missing. And maybe my relationship with God is about nothing more than the comfort I received from the weekly routine of it. But for me, that's enough. I like that a lot. I actually had a pretty similar path myself. As the boys here know, my dad and I haven't always quite seen eye to eye. So I spent a few years in my late teens and early 20s practicing literally anything else. I even became the joke of the family when I bought myself a copy of Buddhism for Dummies and started trying to convince everybody that that was the religion for me. But then my grandma passed and I gave a eulogy during her service. It felt like this hollow part of myself I'd been spending so long trying to fill finally felt right again. And I haven't missed a mass since. I'm terribly sorry for your loss, Luke. I remember your grandmother. She was a good woman. Thanks, Father. That means a lot to me. You know, as I sat here listening to each of you say your piece... I realized all over again that we all have our own individual relationship with the Lord, and there's no incorrect way for that spirituality to manifest. At any given point, he can be a comforting answer or a confounding question or the promise of one reliable routine in a lifetime of chaos. And isn't that kind of beautiful in a way? that we can all come together as a community with a hundred different definitions of what it means to believe and still find common ground despite that? Hmm. When you say it that way, it really is. (laughs) Would you look at that? Even when I try my level best to take a night off from the cloth, I find myself in facilitation mode. I told Clem that coming out here to spend the evening with all of you didn't feel right, but he wouldn't hear it. Insisted it'd do me some good to put away my Bible for once, and yet here I am, making a nice Friday night among friends all about G-O-D. It figures, though. I've never really been cut out for hanging around with folks my own age, even when I was a kid. 
That's nonsense, Father. We love having you around. And if you think about it, I'm the reason we went down this rabbit hole in the first place, not you. It's all right, you two. I'm used to it. And on that note, can we do literally anything else? I couldn't agree more. What about a game? Oh, I know. Let's play Never Have I Ever. I can get behind that. David and I are in. I could think of some worse ways to bring some life back into the room, as it were. We're outside, Tom. You know what I meant. What do you say, Ben? (laughs) Nah, you all enjoy yourselves. I think I'll sit this one out. Oh, come on. Really? Come on. Come on, Father, stay. Okay, pal, as long as you're sure. Thank you for coming all the way out here. Yeah, we really appreciate you helping us make so many new friends like this. Don't even mention it. Have a good night, Father. But don't think you're getting out of Never Have I Ever the next time we all hang out. Yeah, David's so curious about you. Isn't that right, David? Yes, he's a curious little pig. I'm just going to have to leave you all, including David, in suspense for now. I can't hang up the phone I don't want you to go What can I do To put your mind at ease To make you believe That this feeling is new Forgive me is a Rogue Dialogue production. This episode was written and directed by Bob Ramunda and Jack Marone. Here's our cast in order of appearance. Lauren Shippen, Sydney. Zach Valenti, Luke. Casey Callahan, Father Ben. Julia Shafini, Lizzie. David Pello, Jacob. Caroline Minx, Emily. And Derek Emerson Powell, Tom. Script editing by Jordan Stillman. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. Sound design, score, and mixing by me, Adam Raymunda. This episode featured the following songs. Naturally by Lily LeBlanc. Brian by Adam Lopez. NYC by Doug the Band. Laser by Tiny Eyes. Control by Olkin. Neverending by Molly's Way. And finally, the song you're hearing now is... Michelle by Kevin Alexander. All of the graphic design comes from... Sam Twardy. Season three of Forgive Me would not have been the same without our executive producer, Curtis Debrell Jr. This season, we've got a 13-episode Patreon-exclusive series called Confessions with Clem. Our patrons will get a glance into the secrets of the St. Patrick's community with everyone's favorite witty nihilistic priest. In next week's episode, we have a crossover with our friends over at Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason, wherein Josh Rubino's Ghost of Sir Isaac Newton has a chance of meeting with Josh Rubino's Father Clem. So why did you, uh... Father, I've been lying awake night after night thinking about all the sins I've committed throughout my life and afterlife. Oh, blissful rest. Where are you? Well, I've been known to put a few congregations to sleep, but, uh... To get access to this Patreon-exclusive series as well as an ad-free version of our feed, become a supporting parishioner over at patreon.com slash roguedialogue. That's 
patreon.com slash roguedialogue. Are you enjoying Season 3? If so, follow us on your favorite podcast player. If you really enjoy it, rate and review the show on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. That's it for now. We'll see you back here in two weeks for Episode 9. Bye! The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The buyer awaits your decision, poised as one both ready for a fight and assured of its outcome. I'll have that relic now. Thaco, pretty boy, have more healing. We gonna need it. You guys might. One of you dies and I'm running for it. So don't. We'll have to use every advantage and we've not many left. So I'm confused. Uh, What am I supposed to say to him? Marcus, it's a role-playing game. Right. So you're this holy guy, Benedict. Right. And he's just joined this adventuring party. Right. Why? Because we needed someone to heal us and not ask questions. Dumb! What? Any reason you want, Marcus. That's the great thing about this game. You can be anyone you want. Do anything you want for any reason, so long as it's true to your character. Cool. I totally got this. Uh, Wait, but... This artifact belongs to my church, and as such, I cannot part with it for any price. (laughs) Uh, what did I say? Kill them all! The Ordinary Epic, a podcast series about the extraordinary, the ordinary, and something in between. Listen now at theordinaryepic.com or on your favorite podcast app.